I'm Maeve Marsden and you're listening to Queer Stories. This week, Christian Reyes is a queer WOG socialist. For paid labour, he works in the anti-violence sector and has worked in education and youth health for the last 13 years. During this time, he's volunteered for 2010, the Gay and Lesbian Counselling Service and Camp Out. He performed this story at the crossover event with Archer Magazine in Sydney. Uh, thanks for having me. It's, this is like Sydney's queer mafia in front of me. Um, maybe I've made it into the mafia now that I'm here. Um, so during the same-sex marriage plebiscite, um, my mum texted me um, in her indecipherable kind of texts with all, you know, exclamation marks and numbers. And she was worried that her vote for, for same-sex marriage didn't count because what she had done was she had ticked the yes box but she'd also, in capital letters, written YES next to it. She's very cute like that. Um, a few years back, um, Mum was sitting in the, fr- uh, the passenger seat of my brother's car as he was driving us to um, Western Sydney to visit uh, family for Christmas. I sat behind her, enjoying the breeze as it um, whooshed in my face from the Princess Highway, and Mum pulled out her mouthwash from her uh, bag. So we're going like 100 kilometres an hour here. (laughs) My brother and I both flinched at each other, but before we knew it, my mum had swigged um, the mouthwash and kind of looked at us in a knowing smile. And before we knew it, she had violently pushed her face out towards the window, but she really hadn't thought it through, and we knew this. So in in a gust, the wind brought it back into the car through my window and splattered all over my face. (laughs) My mum's cute like that. Um, In a left field move, uh, mum gave me my name, Christian, uh, with a K, the first of my name. And predictably, my Spanish father named my twin brother, Gabriel, after a long ancestral line of Gabriels from the west coast of Spain. Uh, Fortuitously though, So it played out, I became the mummy's boy in the family. Um, All my school reports um, said, Christian is a sensitive boy. I don't know if anyone else got that, but that pretty much means I was crying the whole time. (laughs) Um, And my twin brother became sort of like a mini replica of my father, at least up until adulthood. And I have conflicting feelings about the, the whole idea of a mummy's boy and the stereotype of that. On the one hand, I think... You know, is it, is it a term that we use to excuse the dependence of men on the emotional labour and the, the domestic labour of their mothers for their entire lives? Or is it a, a word that kind of describes a more tender uh, relationship that we don't actually often see between um, by men to other people? For me, as a gay wog mummy's boy, I identify with the term in a, in a different kind of way. Instead of a dependence on my mum, the attachment that I feel towards her is more of an allegiance. Uh, This allegiance is built on a lifetime of solidarity between us. You see, there was a protection that she afforded me growing up, a buffer from the fear-driven, outdated, wog version of masculinity that my father was displaying. He grew up in 1940s uh, fascist Spain, so you can imagine the kind of um, masculinity that was drummed into him. He was doing his best, but mum obviously noticed a softness in me and in my manner, so she kept me as safe as she could. 
I found out a few years ago that um, they had both actually gone to couples counselling. I can't actually even remember when my parents were together because uh, my dad was hardly um, in the house. But they actually went to couple, uh, couples therapy and my dad had tried to tell the counsellor that my mum was turning me gay by letting me cry too much and by being too soft on me. And I'm sure some of you have probably experienced that yourself. Um, mum stood her ground, though, against his uh, false logic and her intuitive way of parenting me um, gave me the space to express myself as a kid, tears and all. And the tears have not stopped. I'm still a massive crier through and through. All my friends and my exes can tell you that. Wow, tears. Yeah, claps for crying. Wow. Um, God. Um, when I was 13 and in the grips of adolescence, you know, that time where our faces and our bodies start contorting themselves like we don't know that they could, um, I betrayed my mum in the worst possible way. I abandoned her. My anguish with the world and with my own identity was misdirected towards her. And what I'd done was I had moved away. I had broken her heart. After months of antagonism um, between us, I left to live with my dad over three hours away from my mum. And to this day, I can remember her standing on the top of her uh, veranda at the top of the steps, uncontrollably crying because she had lost her little mummy's boy. She had lost the person, the boy that she had put so much love into and wanted to protect from the world. Um, I quickly realised that a regimented life in Oberon with my dad was not the life for me. Um, I spent one term at a Catholic school and it was the most awkward um, time of my life. I remember playing Jesus in a play. I don't know why. Um, um, so I was back with my mum after a single term, um, vowing never to hurt her again. And so with time, I've come to recognise how much sacrifice she's endured with relationships, with mental health and with poverty and to see and to hear all the mum, um, wrongs that mum has experienced, the way that she hasn't felt um, held or nurtured or celebrated by this world, much like I think she should be, is such an injustice to me. And that's why I'm trying to, in some small way, in my uh, relationship with her, I'm trying to um, nurture that closeness and trying to celebrate her the way she should be. But don't get me wrong, mum does not live her life in victimhood. In fact, she lives it by pushing against the walls around her. As people would know from my social media, people in the room would probably know her antics on a daily basis. So she constantly moves um, throughout the world with any, without any fucks given. A couple of months back... Um, <laughs> A couple of months back, um, we both lay on the lounge at my house and I asked her how her day was. So she just visited her parents in a Camden nursing home. So they're in their 90s um, and they're still going strong out there. Um, she explained to me that she had, when she had gotten to MacArthur train station, so she lives south of Wollongong, so it takes her about two to three hours just to get, navigate her way up there. There were no taxis at MacArthur train station to take her the 10-minute journey to the nursing home. So in a really nonchalant way, she told me instead she hitchhiked. <laughs> yeah, at 67 years 
old, mum decided that the best option in Camden, a place pretty unfamiliar uh, for her, was to start walking with her nana trolley that she has and she's a few other uh, bags that she doesn't really need. (laughs) And she started walking along the road with her thumb out, literally, zero fucks given. And so when a guy stopped uh, beside her and motioned for her to come in the car, she... No, uh, she bent down and she said, you're not a serial killer, are you? <laughs> Clearly a robust safety check, in mum's opinion. Like, can you believe it? So I was mad for about one second, but then, you know, how can you be mad at a woman who's clearly living her life on her own terms? How can you be mad at a woman who sets up half a dozen Facebook profiles but forgets all the passwords, so then... <laughs> Literally has six different Facebook profiles now. How could I be mad at uh, a mother who squeezes my ex-partner's perky butt and tells us how much she loves a good ass? You and me both, Mum. You and me both. Uh, how could I be mad at a mum who whistles an off-pitch cat call from the balcony at my house to a hot shirtless guy across the road? At least half her age. Um, How could I be mad at a mum who sends me texts every time there's a gay on TV? (laughs) Elton John and Anthony Kalia being her (laughs) favourites. She also texts me when Jessica Malboy's on TV, so I'm glad she does that, because I love Jessica Malboy. I don't know how she understands that. Um, So it's becoming obvious to me that I'm in fact becoming a version of my mother. Um, I can say 100% that I've inherited her weak bladder as you saw me beeline for the toilets at the break. Um, Like her, but also built up a solid collection of op shop finds that I really don't need. Fabrics and pictures and knickknacks. And I also have, um, you know, I've weaved them into my own camp version of her wog mum aesthetic. Um, I only hope that I'm also inheriting some of her spirit. To finish, I wanted to um, tell you about my favourite Maya Angelou quote. Uh, one in which she says that love shouldn't bind us to other people and it shouldn't bind them to us. Instead, it should liberate them. Love acknowledges that we can't always be near the people that we love, but it liberates. So over the last 34 years, mum has undoubtedly liberated me from so many of the trappings of capitalism and of masculinity. So I hope in my own small way, um, by encouraging her and by being the best mummy's boy around, um, that I can liberate her in return. I live my life as my mum's greatest ally because I know she's always been mine. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Please rate, review and subscribe to the podcast so we can spread the word about these stories. Follow Queer Stories on Facebook for event updates and for gay shit and late night ramblings, follow me, Maeve Marsden, on Twitter. 